0: Our guest today is a huge Twitter personality and host on One America News Network, Jack Pozobiak Thank you for coming on to the show. Hey, really
1: excited to be here, guys. So are you, are you guys based right at Penn State?
0: Yep. We are right now on the official radio station of Penn State, the line 90.7 FM.
1: Well, that's fantastic. You know, uh, coming from the son of a Penn State grad, um, uh, my brother also went to Penn State. I myself didn't go, though I will say my dad certainly, certainly pushed me to go. And uh, we have been to a lot of the games, um, but didn't end up going myself. But, yeah, I can I can definitely say we are.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you for coming no, on. Sure. And uh, I noticed on your Wikipedia page you said you're from Norristown. That's right near me. I'm from Westchester, PA.
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm actually originally from Narsetown, Pennsylvania, Uh, ended up going to school in Philly uh, before I moved to China, joined the Navy, uh, and uh, eventually found my way to One America.
0: Awesome. I assume uh, you've been following, uh, to some degree, all this drama that's been happening in Penn State in regards to having Sargon of Akkad and Hunter Avalon here, which we didn't expect it to blow up this big, but it did. What did you think— uh, after seeing the aftermath of all of this uh, of all the craziness that's been going on up here at Penn State in relation to bring these speakers Well,
1: you know, so the crazy thing is too is that Hunter and Sargon to me Aren't even really all that controversial of guys, right? I mean, they certainly don't follow the line of political correctness or woke culture, but these are two guys that have not really gotten into any, you know, hard line. I mean, they're certainly not racist. They're certainly not violent, anything like that. Like anything that would actually get you uh, in in serious trouble. I mean, they just have essentially controversial opinions, whatever that means. And so I was surprised that no matter who you are, right, it doesn't matter if you're on the right or if you're just simply not a member of woke culture. And this, this is why... Uh, To me, woke culture is best understood as a religion, just emblematic of that, that if you're not part of their religion, you're a heretic and you must be destroyed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's insane because I thought the exact same thing that like Sargon of Akkad, he is not controversial at all. There's like two comments he's made that are like a little edgy or a little, you know, you could say maybe, you know, a little over the line if you really wanna argue that. But they're building him up to be this, like, monster. That's why when he once um, came onto the stage, like, we play entrance music, and he jokingly sent to the car with me that we should play the Imperial March because this guy is, like, getting hyped up as this emperor of the dark side rather than some just normal British guy, which is what he turned out to be, you know? So it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and you can tell that no one is actually paying attention to anything – that these guys actually do on a regular basis or who, what they're all about you know i was actually just at an event in philadelphia with both hunter and sargon oh nice and oh, i found nice. both of them to be uh, yeah it was a uh, tim pool's um uh tim pool's minds event and uh subverse yeah. and i found both of them to be very uh, interesting engaging and i didn't hear anything other than serious discussion of issues of the day from either of them i mean this was not you know and by the way th- this was an audience that wasn't even really uh quote unquote conservative right this was an audience <laughs> of of skeptics of left-wing um of uh, people who were not necessarily interested in politics but were interested in culture and society and that's what we were talking about and so it's just funny to to go be in an event like that where everything is fine And then see Penn State reacting with such vitriol and really looking so ridiculous for taking a couple of the speakers that aren't controversial in the least and acting like they were having the head of the KKK coming to speak. (laughs) And I mean, that's that's really how they acted. Right. Yeah. You think That they thought this was some sort of uh, proto clan march when it was really just a couple of guys from YouTube. Yeah. And. That's how you realize that we're actually living through a moral panic right now in America. Right. We're living through a moral panic of mass hysteria where people think that there's actually, you know, Russian agents in the White House. And there's actually these crypto fascist clan members. You know, they're at Covington High School in Kentucky and they're, uh, you know, all around you in the shadows when no it's actually not like that at all it's just people who disagree with the status quo and that's okay
2: yeah absolutely agree um listen at this this event was uh, was a really good event um had a lot of fun the, the thing that stuck out to me, right, was like Sargon Sargon of Akkad was talking about how conservatives are being censored online and and Hunter was arguing that they weren't necessarily being censored, but there was definitely a liberal bias. What do you think? So I actually
1: caught that clip because someone sent it to me and uh, earlier in the week and they said, you know, what do you think about this? And. The way I took Hunter's comments, I thought that what Hunter was talking about wasn't necessarily censorship, but he was talk- – because censorship is obvious, right? You can tell that they've been suspended from platforms. Paul Joseph Watson suspended from Instagram and Facebook, right? That's mm-hmm. obvious. Like you can point to these things, right? There are no large mainstream uh, liberals or left-wing people that have been taken down on social media. That's just a fact, right? That's just a fact. It's right. so a censorship. Like it's not even an argument that that's going on, but what you can say, though, and some people say is, "Well, our traffic has been down, and our, we think our traffic has been down because we're being shadow banned." Now, that's something that's a little harder to understand, and it's a little harder to quantify because these guys, these algorithms that YouTube, and these guys are both using YouTube uh, and others. I know Crowder uses YouTube, and has talked about this a lot. I'm not a big YouTuber myself. Um, that they think that because their traffic sees a drop off or sees sort of like a negative plateau in the sense where it drops down and then it's it stays flat, that that's some sort of deliberate bias on the part of people at the platform, when it could just be that they've changed the algorithms in different ways. And actually, one of the ways, and Tim Pool does a good job of explaining this, that they change the algorithms, is that they want to promote corporate press over independent content
0: creators. that's very true they
1: want to promote people that spend heavily in terms of advertising dollars on these platforms and promote their content because they have a financial relationship with them so this is more to do with corporatization than it has and and which is bad right which is definitely bad for youtube because youtube was a platform i mean where you could literally be anyone and get big that's you know justin uh, i'm I'm not a fan but justin Bieber, right is like the example of this where here's a guy who is just singing songs in his bedroom and then goes on to become multi-million dollar star right lindsey sterling with the dancing and the violins you know i mean it's crazy like what is that um but she's amazing she's fantastic and nobody would have ever given her a contract if she hadn't blown up on youtube so youtube is a platform that was made because of independent content creators, but because now they're going in and they're demonetizing and they're de-ranking people who don't have those fat corporate advertising budgets behind them. That's why people are actually losing the stream. It's not some kind of uh, because you you can see this on the left as well. You can see this um, with left wing accounts. They're also losing viewers. It's not because uh, it's not a left right thing. It's a corporate independent thing.
2: Actually, um, yeah, I find that very interesting. That kind of ties into this question that I have with this, you know, with this sort of censorship or pseudo, you know, like uh, just kind of dropping like shadow banning and whatnot. Uh, I know President Trump sent out a tweet on the day of the event saying that universities that don't support free speech would get defunded. You know, what? Are what are your thoughts on that? Is that like the way forward? Are we going to have to rely on like you know government to kind of step in in that res- respect to go and ensure that people have the right to go and like you know speak freely on these things? Like, do you think that's going to be the end solution of it? So I'm out?
1: definitely I'm definitely someone who considers them part themselves part of the new right movement, which is sort of like a this nationalist conservative movement that's going on here in D.C. and around the, around the world, really. Um, And Mm -hmm. so one of our biggest differences from the sort of uh, old school conservatives is that we're not afraid of using government power to secure our rights. That's what the Constitution is there for. Right. Mm -hmm. They our government, our Constitution was was consecrated and instituted to protect our rights this is this is like declaration of independence thomas jefferson 101 right and if our rights are not being upheld whether it be on social media or whether it be on a university platform where especially at a university that's receiving funds from the taxpayers and obviously i know penn state receives state funding they certainly receive federal funding um my own school was temple university um and so we actually uh, launched lawsuits when I was on campus there back in 2005 2006 because of bias of our of our uh, of our teachers, but we never had this deplatforming issue back then. It wasn't even something that would be considered because universities used to only uphold freedom of speech, and so this idea that the federal government, you know, what are you going to say? Federal government shouldn't get involved in education? You know, to where where have you been the last decade? Right. There's there's no question the federal government is deeply involved in education. And so, you know, I would be willing to roll forward a robust series of changes from the Department of Education level, saying that if these universities, if these campus administrators are which which are all running money laundering operations with their um, with their endowments, that if they're not upholding basic American civil rights like the freedom of speech, that they should stop receiving all federal funding, period.
2: I, I definitely agree with that, and that's. I've gone into arguments before with uh, more libertarian types on that particular issue, and it just really annoys me that like they would, you know, they'd be fine with you know the government like basically in the universities like deplatforming people and like when government when when third-party companies too, like if I'm being oppressed by a government or if I'm being oppressed by a third-party company, it doesn't matter because I'm still being you know you know th- thrown under the bus in the end of the day. Yeah, so what they're using is actually,
1: this was the opposition to the Civil Rights Act, right? The Civil Rights Act 1965, the opposition to that was, they said, well, hold on, the libertarians of the day, um, they would come around and say, wait a minute, this is a restriction on business. Right. And that, at that time, of course, the discrimination that was going on was race based. And so the Civil Rights Act came in and said you can't discriminate on the basis of race. Essentially, what we would be saying is that you can't discriminate on the basis of political orientation, regardless of what that is. If you want to be a socialist, if you want to be a communist, if you want to be a member of the DSA, if you want to support Tulsi Gabbard or Bernie Sanders, whatever you want to do, right, that shouldn't be cause for deplatforming you,
2: period. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, good. One last thing. Um, so you're from uh, One American News Network, right?
1: That's right. One American News watches all the time. Oann.com.
2: So do you guys? Um, are are you guys like an actual on television news network? Because I thought I saw. So- I could where I saw I don't know if it's one America or there may be another one when I had Verizon, but I I had Comcast I can't even find you guys on there because I was looking before on there. Yeah,
1: so we are on cable, um, and that's actually right. We're on we are on Verizon, we're not on Comcast, so we're on Verizon, we're on DirecTV, uh, we're on I believe we're on Dish. Um, and then you can also get us through like Apple TV and Google TV and everything else. But Verizon is probably the main one that we're on throughout most of the country.
2: So Do you guys ever plan on going to Comcast at all or is like there some stuff going on behind the scenes where they're like, are they politically biased or is it just like a money? Well, we've been we've been requesting to go on Comcast
1: since uh, since day one and and not to get too inside baseball, because that's not that's more on the business side of things. Uh, But Comcast is very, very um, detrimental to independent media. They don't like bringing bringing on people again, like I was talking about that aren't part of that sort of corporate family. And so uh, News Corp, Time Warner that run Fox and CNN have a lot of corporate um, shared interests with the Comcast NBC Corporation. So they, they can do a lot of shared, uh, shared marketing. They can do a lot of uh, rev shares. But for us, just being an independent cable news company, uh, Comcast doesn't see that as something that they want to work with and so we haven't been able to get on there as of yet but we're exploring hmm. options
2: that, that's a shame
0: yeah that's interesting and I, I hope you guys get more successful because you know the more competitors the better because fox has really been slipping on see ever since the whole downfall a few years ago of all these big names it's been going downhill uh last thing i will ask and then we'll close this out because uh, i know you're a pretty busy man what do you think of Kanye's new album "Jesus Is King"? What do you think of this idea of making Christianity cool again? Do you think this will be a successful cultural force?
1: So, I think we're actually at an interesting reflection inflection point in culture right now, because postmodernism has gone so far as to real. To show people that it is completely empty. There's, it's bottom. It's a bottomless pit, right? Postmodernism is a bottomless pit of nothingness, of no moral code. Uh, It's based on nothing. It's humanist. It's globalist. I mean, it's this is, you know, global citizens and everyone's the same, and it's it's nothing. It's a bottomless pit. So what Kanye's doing right now is evoking a return to traditionalism. He's evoking a return to Christ. Now I'm I'm personally Catholic myself and so I see, view this as a major wake up call because I think there's a huge yearning out there in society for meaning, for morality, for something beyond this uh, postmodernist nihilism that's really perpetual, you know, permeated the culture in I don't know, the last 30, 40, 50 years or so. And so this return to Christianity, you're actually seeing, and even uh, on the Catholic side of things, we're even seeing Catholics having a, a return to traditionalism. There's even Catholics like Dr. Taylor Marshall now that are advocating for a return to the, the, uh, the Latin mass and Latin prayers. And people are finding so much more meaning in that direct connection to the traditions, that direct connection to the way things used to be set up than ever before
0: awesome I love your insight on that I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this album goes because it's it's really fascinating to see Kanye look I don't even like rap but seeing him as a cultural force is fascinating so fascinating I love it thank you so much for coming on Uh, Mr. Posobiec where can people find you
1: Pleasure to be on, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Find me on Twitter, Jack Posobiec, P-O-S-O-B-I-E-C, and watch me on One American News, and we'll see. Maybe I'll be up there at Penn State sometime.
0: (laughs) Ooh, that'd be cool. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, Maybe we'll have you on again next time. We have some cool, happening news, because your insight's great, and you have a Penn State connection. So awesome to have Jack on.